special is in the air here. Long. Games. Brees Hall over the right side, powering in, touchdown Cyclones. Out to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown! Oh my goodness, what a touch by Wall! Is going to reach? Yeah, it reaches. I was, the last one we did, I hit the power cord and unplugged it, so we had to start over. That's, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit still. <laughs> no, it was with Kate, when we did Cadence. Oh, and I, uh, we'd been talking for five minutes, and then all of a sudden I moved my foot and I unplugged, and everything went black. So oh, we got to start over. So yeah. he did a nice job. Yeah, he did. I mean, really he was. What's wrong? We covered all of Humboldt last year, so we had Rhymers and all those guys on. I still got to get Brian Neal. I mean, I, I want to go down and see Brian. This one sounds like it's cutting out, or I'm losing the. Yeah, headphones. that's just the headphones. Um, so I can hear you. Okay, I wanted to get Brian on face to face sometime because. You know, do you know Brian very well? I don't. Um, no. He's in Hall of Famer. He was he was had your job before Bruns. He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know him. And he's a great storyteller. Yeah. I mean, he played with. Well, I played with Rymers. He was older than Rymers, but he played with all those guys in the the Earl Bruce days. And so, right. Yeah. He's pretty funny. That's correct. Yeah. No, I don't know him. Not yet. Yeah. So yeah, it's almost football season. So it's, it's still kind of I don't know. It's summer kind of sneaked up on us. It's already over and we're already here. It's just uh, a little different from last year. The I feel like the anticipation last year was uh, so like we're counting down the days. Now it's just like oh, football season's here. I don't know if that's for me or a lot of the fan base, but that's just what my my experience has been like. But obviously, around Harclaw is more of into the weeds of it. But that's nice to. We have a lot of new faces coming in this year, and it's just nice to have you to fill in the gaps because you can actually go to practice, and we can't. So. How many practices <laughs> yeah. have you been to? Uh, two. I'll go to my third one again this week. Okay. And, it, and it's what you, you can watch it. You can see what it's, it's about. And I've been watching these guys for three to four years. You got A lot of the guys will be playing this year will be guys they recruited three to four years ago. Right. So, uh, again, they're new to us, you know, to the fans, but they are not new to the program. They understand – the defense, the offense, where they're going to step into, and, and it's it's exciting. It, it was it was really exciting to get to the first practice this year because what popped off the charts was team speed. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, and way off the charts. Like it is a really fast football team. Yeah, that's and that's one hundred percent recruiting, right? I mean, that's what he's looking for. Obviously, that's the name of the game nowadays. I mean, it is. If you look back the last three or four years, we've been ranked as high as we've ever been with recruits, and. Like I talked to them, we just lost that recruit to Oregon, and he wasn't. We were in the top three with Michigan and Washington. And Oregon wasn't in his top three. Is not in the top three, <laughs> but in the in the year of NIL, you right? Know, yeah, exactly. Things change. Everyone's right. in the mix. Yeah, but exactly. When have we been a Cyclone fan? When we're at the table with Michigan and Washington, and now Oregon, or against USC, Oregon winning out and beating out some SEC schools, a lot of SEC schools. Uh, JJ Cole being one of them. Right. You know, he's probably going to end up being the best and highest recruit we've ever had. Um, we beat out, you name it, school, uh, we, we beat him out. He's been in Nate Saban's office. So <laughs> that's the type of job the recruiting coordinator, Derek Hoosier, has done, and all the coaches obviously as well. But putting together a team and a depth chart is his responsibility and working with those coaches to find that talent and then attract him to the university. They've How, done an amazing job. Derek's a younger guy, isn't he? I mean, he's the, the, a lot of these guys that, like um, Dan Broomfield and all those guys are, you know, pretty young in the coaching 
world, right? Very young. And interesting enough, he, he was actually under Paul Rhodes. It, so he's a carryover from Paul Rhodes. Really? Hmm. And so as soon as uh, Coach Campbell got to town, he interviewed everybody. And, and Derek went in there and was very honest with him said, and basically said, I want to stay, you know, and, oh, wow. and, and knew a little bit about uh, Coach Campbell. And they really hit it off. And he's done, in my opinion, an outstanding job with what he's put together with this depth chart uh, and what's in the cupboards and the aims right now. So what's so has what do you think in your opinion with you know, obviously with the we will um, collective you're knee deep into that but how part how much has it changed Derek's job I mean is it I mean it's, I know when you're as you know when you play even in high school or whatever you got egos you got to manage and now you throw the NIL into the middle of it how has it changed his job It's a, a ton because now you're getting recruits that are coming in saying how much. You know, what is it? What do I got? What's on the table? What do you have? And really, it's becoming the war chest of college football and, hmm. and really war chest of schools. So right now, it's just what they legalized is college basketball recruiting that's been going on for years. Right. Like it, yeah. This is now on the table and legal. This has been happening for years. The good news is currently with the, the collective with We Will, you know, we're working with TJ and Matt and their staff is TJ doesn't, we are not paying athletes to come to Iowa State. We are not giving them deals to come to Iowa State. We're not going to play that game. We're the wrong place for them. TJ has been very open and honest with recruits when they bring it up. If that's what you're looking for, that's not what we are. <laughs> and so now we've, we just did some, some work this week with some athletes that, that are, that are uh, out there doing good things in the community. We, you know, you look at Will McDonald basically went to a food bank and, and worked and it's, Yes, we did pay him. We were using his name, image, and likeness to do good. You right, know, yeah. To do great things. And he literally is knee-deep in that kitchen. He's got gloves on. He's serving food, cleaning dishes. You name it, he is in there doing that work. So, again, he stayed around, which is great for us. We were able to support him um, and, and hopefully help him get through the season financially. He's going to do great as a football oh, yeah. player. But financially, he's not coming from you know, a pile of money. You know, if we can give him some money to help his family get out here, mm -hmm. look, he's not going to retire on what we paid him. But <laughs> we can get his family to come watch him play, you know, and, and that may not have been possible without something like this. So yeah. there, there's a lot of good that can come from it. I remember Thomas's too, and uh, like Dustin Hogue and those guys were playing, there were so many players that the first time that they saw him play was maybe their last game or senior night or something. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, that helps. I think that's obviously a really real positive to yeah. get the more I think the more parents we get on campus, obviously the better it's gonna help recruiting. How many times have you seen on ESPN like this is the first time seeing a play since like middle school or like like you know, the ones right. that are from overseas even that can't get here because like they just simply can't afford it and the rules back then were if you pay for it you're right. Get well the kid remember the I can't remember Thomas Barry remembers his name, but he played at uh Marshalltown Community College. And then somebody gave him a ride to the airport, and that was a violation. Yeah, I remember that. That that's, was you as the Eustacia years. I mean, and that's where the NCAA screwed up first, in my opinion. Right. When you look at where they screwed up first is when they weren't supporting families of the players and supporting the NCAA. Right. So when you look, probably ten years ago, a lot of these budgets for these schools are operating for TV budgets are around ten million dollars a year, five to ten million dollars a year. You just see what the Big Ten is going to sign right. for. Yeah. Now we're going up to 80 to $100 million. The first thing that we should do is, like, how do we help support the families of these athletes? It's, they've driven them to tournaments, to weekends away. To, yeah. They've paid for coaches. They've paid for trainers. they put all this investment in these kids. And then the next thing you think, no, 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 parents can't come. Well, what do you mean parents can't come? They've invested in these kids, and we 
can't get someone from Florida. If they want to do what's right, start a travel agency and get every kid, parent to that game, put them up in a hotel room, pay for their food, fly them in. You've got $80 million versus five. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, right. And so, again, I think that that's where the start was, is not adjusting to what was happening with the TV deals and TV rights. So uh, that's just a small portion of it now. But, again, I think that's what created a lot of issues with the athletes. They had zero dollars, and they knew they were bringing all this money to the university, and it's not a secret that – you have 80 to $100 million deals. They're everywhere. It's on Twitter. It's on ESPN. And those athletes, they're paying attention to that. So. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the whole Fab Five, uh, 30 for 30. I mean, when they were couldn't afford a pizza and Chris Weber's getting his season's jersey hanging in somebody's store. I mean, yeah, I mean that's – yeah. yeah. I, if yeah. they can help the fan, it uh, totally makes sense. I mean, they sh- they sh- it would be nice to get a charter and just get everybody here. but It would. But Isaiah Lee, for example, he is raising – I don't know if it's his cousin, it's a family member, where there ha- there's, a, there's a health issue with, with this family member's parent, and, and Isaiah Lee is now stepping up to be the guardian for this person. Oh, wow. So can you imagine going to college, playing football at a high level, and taking care of somebody, right? And so there's no extra money. NCAA's not paying for that. So, you know, Isaiah's done a couple events for us, and we're trying to support him as well so we can help support his family and allow him to play at a high level. And you're gonna, he's going to be great this year, and, and he's a really good football player, but he's even better off the field, and, and that is shown right there. People always say that he's better off the field. No, he is better off the field for what he's doing for his family. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, we were fans of Isaiah for the first time he yeah. stepped on the field. I mean, I remember one of the first plays he played. I said, yeah, he can play a little bit. No, his first game was uh, when uh, – what's his face? Uh, he, uh, he long Lima. time ago. Lima. Lima. Was about, he's like, it was the first time Lima was ever out. He'd been playing for three years at that point, I think. And I remember – I mean, I had a few at the student section. I'm like, <laughs> well, we're losing. And, and everyone was like, what? Why? And I was like, oh, well, Lima's out. And he's like, well, okay. And then Isaiah Lee came out there and just – Made it look like we couldn't even tell Lima wasn't out there, and Isaiah Lee kept his red shirt still, and now he's still at Iowa State. And thank God, that was true for it was his true yeah, freshman he was, year. Right? He still yeah. kept his red shirt, yeah. and he was within the fourth four games. And man, I'm glad he did because he's still around. And yeah, and now he's big and strong. That was he was. I remember that game as yeah. well. Raised back, if, yeah. if, if you remember, was the injury. But mm-hmm. when you look at what he's doing now, like that now he's trained. He's at a high level. Like I'll be if he's not. First, maybe second team all Big Twelve by the end of this year. I'll be shocked. Like, there's it's hard to find someone that's going to be as explosive and as good as what he's become. He is really good right now. Like, t- from two practices, I mean, he is outstanding football player. Right so, now. do you I mean when you say that he's gotten stronger? Do you know like numbers of what these guys are hand cleaning or any? Do you, I mean do they even track that where where you know you could see it or is that just something that? They, they, don't, they don't share that with me. I don't see that. I, they track them really close. I, sure. they, they know how many miles per hour the wide receivers and other players are running. So when you oh, see yeah. those catapult systems, yeah. they know how fast everybody's running on the field. And so I will tell you, that's top secret. They, they don't share that with me. <laughs> yeah. I, don't want, I don't want them to because I'll slip. Right. So-and-so ran five, you know, 40 mile an hour, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, is, yeah. It's, they, are, they know. What, where I could see it is when you see – they call it board drill. It's one on one where it's the defensive tackle versus an offensive lineman, and they're lining up and they are going head to head, face to face. And the board is you have to stay on the board, so mm-hmm. a foot on each side of this board, and they're going to go after it. And when you watch what he's able to do to big human beings, it's really impressive how explosive mm-hmm. he is. So in that drill alone, you can tell a lot about your nose guard, and he was he's really good right now. And did J.R. Singleton get moved outside? 
two then or he'll be both he'll go inside and outside okay. and he's outstanding too he was playing yeah. great right and then unfortunately got hurt uh, but he's going to be really good inside outside uh, you, most people don't know this name yet but Tyler Tyler Onyetum is number 11 when you see him this year he'll okay. be inside and out he's just as big Dominic Orange freshman <laughs> He'll be mostly inside. He is a big human being. He's from Kansas City. Kansas City. And I heard he can really run. He too. can. And if you look, he was a late minute pickup. So yes. back to Derek Hoosier. He came in last minute. And I, mm-hmm. I was actually sitting in his office maybe a day or two after he committed. He goes, This guy's going to be a player. Wow. And then he came in for spring ball. And I, you watch one pass rush deal, drill, and he's like, Yep, this guy's a player. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got another one. And that defensive line room is stacked with talent right now. I mean, Really stacked with talent. There's three to four draft picks in that room, which is that says a lot for what's going on. And, and that's not going to happen in one year, but over their over their careers, I think there's three or four draft picks. Whatever year they decide to go out. Yeah, wow, that's that's that's, that's, that's a, good news. This is something different than we're used to. And, yeah. But we're I mean we've been obviously Will McDonald's going to be in the NFL someday, and Jaquan Bailey's still is he still playing preseason know. or not? I haven't heard much from him. Or what. Was Ricky still with Broncos? Still, right? yeah, yeah, we've had like. Every Campbell recruit from when even when they were freshmen ended up being just exactly built into exactly how they I thought they would because they just built into all Big 12 players. And now we're seeing kind of sounds like we're going to see that happen again if Ryan's correct. Yeah. So you mean, but you remember the days that if we have one injury like the Lima thing, mm-hmm. it's over. It was. That's what Tom, that's yeah. where Thomas was coming from that day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, well, yeah, all of a sudden we're, things, we're telling the manager to go to the <laughs> locker room and put some pads on 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. it's. That's the de- I think that that's just being an Iowa State fan as long as I've been. That's the biggest change with Matt is our depth is so much better than it's ever been. Right. When you look at last year, everyone panicked. Ashim Young's leaving. Oh my goodness, we're gonna it was like all year. I talked about on the radio on my show and, and throughout the season was like, no, this Bo Freeler kid, this <laughs> Bo Freeler kid. He's st- mm-hmm. when you go to practice, you look at him you're like, why is he not playing outside linebacker? <laughs> You know, he's that size, but when you put him on the back end of this thing, oh, he's special. Like, he is he is special. He is, in my opinion, he last year was better than Ashim, and I know he's better than him this year. So, again, those – and that, Ashim is good. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it, the, the difference is, is the staff's been able to recruit guys that can compete right away, and mm-hmm. it pushes the envelope. And then you look at the running back room right now. You know, Jarrell Brock's done nothing but good things at this – for this program and they are and he's a four star out of high school he's a great recruit and he he would he's always done good things but now you have eli sanders you know nipping at him cartavius norton who you we haven't seen yet but he's been he was they put him on social media last week and yeah. early i couldn't believe they showed that but <laughs> yeah. i've been watching that both when you see this this kid play he's ready i mean they don't look like that coming out of high school he's special like he is a special athlete so how again, tall is he Cartavius, is, he's a little shorter than Brees, but taller oh. than David. He's, a, okay. he's, a, he's actually a really good mix between David Montgomery and Brees Hall. Okay. He has that overall speed like Brees. Maybe not that top end. Like Brees okay. had some special top end speed. But he's probably a little more physical like David was at point of attack. He's mm. really physical when he when he gets to the line of scrimmage and attacks that line of scrimmage. So he, he he's really special. He's a really good running back. But so is Eli Sanders, Deion Silas, Jairel Brock. Like there's – Four guys. Good luck picking which one's playing. Right. So the depth there is, yeah. is really good right now. Well, Jarrell is such a great is such a great pass blocker too. I he mean, is. when you know, obviously when he came in for Brees, he had beat him out in that role because it was almost like you were scouting him. You said, you know, Br- uh, Jarrell's coming in. We're gonna we're gonna throw it because 
He was such a good blocker. He's not afraid of contact. No, at no. all. And I saw him this summer. We took Will went down to one of the prospect camps, and I saw Jarrell there. He had like a cutoff shirt and a hat on. I said, "It looked like an MMA fighter." Yeah, he's bigger. Than just, oh my goodness, he's a big kid. <laughs> yeah, I think J.R. Singleton was there too. I mean, and that, but I told I've said this on the one of the ones we did in June. I said I said and watch Hunter Decker's play catch with um, with uh, Jalen Noel right handed. Mm-hmm. He was throwing the ball, playing catch with him right hand, and he's left-handed quarterback. And I was just sitting there watching. Why is he doing this? But it was—it looked like he was right-handed. That's going to become a thing in the future. I—I I, I haven't <clears> seen it in their, their practices, but you're starting to see quarterbacks when they roll out left, throw left, roll out right, throw right. So, oh wow, they're, 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 I've <laughs> the seen Mahomes high school does kids, that. Yeah, they're starting to work on it because you get in situations where you can pop it out. Huh. So, I, I think that's probably five to ten years away. But as kids are, it's getting that tight. As you can do something like that. that you know, you might as well work on it. Wow. It's like a left-handed layup, right? Like yeah. So you, once you get that, your game expands. And I so- remember when Mahomes did it for the first time, everyone, everybody went bananas that he was throwing it with his other hand. I mean, yeah. You know, they're not going to sit in the pocket throw it. Right. It's just more for special situations rolling out each direction. It does give you an advantage. Yeah. And I, do you think that the fact that Hunter is left-handed is going to – I mean, is, is that just a non-starter as far as that being an effect on the way – teams play him or the way they line up and push him one side or the other? I don't think so. I, I When you watch him play, this is – this he's really good. I yeah. mean, he is really good. And and we I was at practice yeah, last week and, and watching him throw some deep balls and the way it comes off his hand is so special. Mm-hmm. So it's just – it's going to add 20 yards of our, to our offense, meaning it's going to open the field up 20 yards down the field. And, and now we have uh, some – Speed guys that can go over the top, oh, Jalen Noel, but also Demetri Stanley, this kid from Colorado. Colorado Wait yeah. till you see this kid play. And he, yeah. his hands are great. He's not the biggest receiver, but you, it, he, it doesn't matter. He's so fast. And, hmm. and and he can get the ball. Hunter will get the ball downfield to him. You know, he can – it is his, his arm strength is really solid. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, and he's – you know, we were talking last time that uh, – I really am cheering for Jarrell. I'm really cheering for Hunter because those guys could have easily gone the transfer route mm-hmm. two years ago, and they've paid their dues. And I would, nobody deserves more success than Hunter and Jarrell just because of that. I mean, Jarrell, like you said, came in high, more highly touted than Brees, if I remember right, mm-hmm. and has been you know paying his dues. And I'd love to see him be a one and done this year. It'd be kind of fun. It would be. I mean. It- you don't want to lose him, but again, right. he could be. He could be the next one to go out. Cartavius is going to be the next one. Eli Sanders, if you remember Eli, his his big game was Iowa, and then they like, oh, we put the cap on him, redshirt him, and he's going to mm-hmm. stay another year. But he uh, he was a really good with at the end of the first half. He actually was helping the yep. drive, and the end of the second half when they had a scoring drive, he was in there as well. So he's a really good, fast athlete out there right now. So it's again, that is the team speed we've never had. I, I can. Guarantee we've never had team speed like we've had right now. It's unbelievable. And having speed up front, we were talking about Isaiah, having fat, like, I mean, Wazirike, I thought, was, had gotten faster as his career went along. And obviously, Will can run down quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think you can, I mean, can you underestimate the, the importance of having defensive linemen that can run? No. I mean, in this day, day and age, if you have somebody like, oh, well, who's the, we had a quarterback we played last year that was kind of a statue. But it was really that was pretty good. Was it the Baylor quarterback? I don't know. I remember, but any of those guys that are like the Tom Brady type, that they're not going to run away from these guys. No, no, and the, and that's the thing that they are athletic up front, and they said they're so deep, 
again, the, the, there's only three of them, obviously, the way we run this three-man front. There's a chance we go to a four-man front. They've never shown it, but the athletes are in the room. So mm-hmm. Coach Campbell's always done a really nice job adjusting the talent. When he first got to Iowa State, we hardly played tight ends. You know, we, right. didn't, we was all four wide and spread, still run the, the RPO, uh, but at the same time, it was more of a spread offense. And then when we had Charlie and – uh, when we had him and Chase, obviously that changed, and Dylan Sainer, and that changed everything. Like, wait a minute, these are the three best. And so I think on defense, if if throughout the season, there'd be chances for us to drop into four linemen, and we've got the horses to do it right now. And hmm. uh, it's not like the linebackers are not deserving, but there's four really good defensive backs on the field at the time or five defensive backs on the time uh, at any time. It's going to be good. It's It's deep. And, again, it's – I'm so excited, but last year, like, whoa, we won seven games. Why are you so excited? Well, at Texas Tech, they drop a sixty, what, sixty-two so, yard field yeah, goal, like the record, it right? Was, <laughs> right. Record, yeah. yeah. And I was standing underneath the uprights when that goes through, <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> and then you go to West Virginia and you lose a close one. Then you go to Baylor and you drop a. I was at snap. that one. I was at, at Baylor. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's a West Virginia. I even have the, I even have the video of the refs putting his hands up when Brees came out where he fumbled. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That was brutal. It was. And, and there's a few things actually at Oklahoma, that if they don't happen at the end of the first half, the fumble return yeah. for a touchdown, that game's different. Yeah. And so it's, it's everyone's like, oh, we're seven wins. We, 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 yeah, we, we didn't do the small things to win those games. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt we didn't do the small things to win those games. There was never a talent issue. There's right. Never, in any no. game we were in, there's never like, oh, well, they all got, you know, they have us right now. It, it's never been that way. So that's, <laughs> That's the good thing is that, that we are at a place in this program where our starters that were bringing us the top talent are now being pushed by guys behind them that no one knows about. And that's, again, we're back to that recruiting conversation. They've built uh, uh, the cupboards up in Ames where there's competition every single day at every single position. So give us a name of somebody that, you know, we follow it fairly closely. I mean, I drive a lot for work, so I'm listening to every podcast I get my hands-on. But give me a name that jumps off the top of your head that is – you know, like Jeremiah um, Cooper, is that the kid from oh, El yeah. Paso? Um, any of these other guys that have just shown up on the scene? So I will give you a couple that, that I think will pop off this year. Number one, well, Tyler Onyedam is the one I've given. No one knows who Tyler Onyedam is, number 11. He'll be a big timer. Um, Tavon Kyle, everybody knows who Tavon Kyle is. He's been around, but he's mm-hmm. never been on the a productive side of the field, right. right? He hasn't been out there a ton. When I've been to practice, he is on top of his game. He is <laughs> really on top of his game. Um, but... Yeah, you know, defensively, um, everyone knows who Colby Reader is now. It's Mike Rose as a junior, is, is what I'm calling. Is that him. the kid? That's a kid from De- the uh, kid from Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. Yep. And he's the same physical stature. He looks just like him. He's really big, moves hmm. around. And Mike was hurt last year. We, Mike was at like eighty, maybe seventy percent most of the year. Mm-hmm. Mike had a great junior year. Colby looks like Mike is junior year, and that's what you're going to get, I think, out of someone like like him coming in. So again. Those are the ones you haven't seen. Uh, Cartavis Norton, you know, I think he's going to be a, someone that'll <laughs> pop off uh, that, that we haven't seen yet. But his name's not a secret. Again, these names are starting to leak because it, it's that exciting at practice watching these guys perform. Cartavis has got an easy name to remember too. I mean, yeah. it's oh, not yeah. like Steve. I mean, he, <laughs> when, you, when you have a name like that and you're good, yeah. everybody remembers yeah. who you are. Like yeah. Brees. I mean, Brees is a, was a unique name. And, and you know, once he caught fire, I mean, it's like everybody knows who Brees is. Right. You're mentioning uh, how uh, this reader kid is similar to Mike Rose. Actually, when I was at the West Virginia game, I actually ran right as I was going into the stadium, ran into Mike Rose's parents. Mm-hmm. And then my uncle was like, obviously, going to talk to him. And 
obviously the national anthem was going on, but didn't stop my uncle from <laughs> asking me questions the whole time. And uh, yeah, it was just, and it was like, okay, Mike's, I get to the stadium, okay, Mike Rose not playing. Like, okay, the first time he's not played all his whole career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy, well, see how this goes. Like, I'm not trashing the players that are playing, but it, Mike Rose was missed. And it's just nice to see that we have a, hopefully, a clone version of Mike Rose, or just a version of him, just to fill that void. Cause, Mike Rose is pretty good. He's real good. Yeah, I remember I remember the first snap we saw Mike play. It was that South Dakota State game that got rained out. Mm-hmm. And they stood under the overhang for however many hours. And I think we got three defensive snaps in. And in the first play, I see Rose going from sideline to sideline. Yeah, that was, was, get, that was like his freshman nine, year. Yeah, he was like 19 years old. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the key, so maybe not a name everyone knows, but I think the most underrated thing that happened to this team is Orion Vance coming back. Oh, yeah. Defensively. And because – when he's healthy in the inside, he wasn't healthy last year at all. He tore up his hamstring, couldn't play. Gary Vaughn's good in the middle. He's really good on the outside, you know. Mm-hmm. And so in having Orion in the middle, like 250, 260 pounds, really solidifies that defense between the tackles. And it allows us to sit with three defensive linemen, one middle linebacker, and then you don't have to bring as many people into the box because he's so powerful inside. So I think he's the most underrated thing that happened in the offseason that people aren't really thinking about that's going to play a big part in this year he's from cedar rapids originally too isn't he he is and if if bofrey there stays healthy orion vance stays healthy and we relatively healthy across the board beyond that this has a chance of being a top 10 15 defense in the nation this year it really does it's a it is a solid defense because of the depth uh where you can't really replace those guys you know when i look around there like there's some talent behind them but to say that you're going to put a 250-pound middle linebacker in right behind them, uh, they, they're not in there. They're, there's some young people that are there, but they're not there yet. You know, okay. where Orion is and Bo, Bo's just so special back there. And he's in the run fits as well. So he's he's basically covering gap, run responsibilities on, on every run play or most run plays. Yeah, because he didn't he lead the bowl game in tackles for our defense. He so, did, 15. Yeah. Yeah, it's Clemson. I mean, yeah, it was not, it wasn't. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. Did you feel like we were out talented? No, I mean that's what I was no. going to say. I mean Notre Dame, obviously there was a gap. There was. I mean, I mean that was Claypool. Notre Dame looked a lot yeah, better. Claypool than us. was pretty good. Yeah, and, oh, but gosh. I didn't think against him. And, and I have a good friend that lives that's a huge Clemson donor. I mean, and they were all saying how many Clemson guys didn't play. I said, well, we had a lot of guys sitting too. I mean, so that's the whole game. That's another discussion with Bulls games with guys sitting, which I didn't blame any of them for not playing, but. Um, but, yeah, no, we were right in, and it was fun. I mean, it was so much fun to see the Iowa State helmet next to the Clemson paw on a, on a bowl game on national TV. And, it was. Yeah, so and I, you're let, right with them. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. This is kind of off the subject a little bit, but when you were playing, I was just talking to him about this before you got here. If you, when you look at Iowa State basketball players, most of the big fans can recognize players because you see them on TV or on the news or whatever. I didn't know what Will McDonald looked like until probably about 12 months ago because you're always wearing helmets and you got visors now. So when you were playing, did you get recognized as often as some of the other guys that because you had a helmet on all the time too? Is that do you think that's a factor with some of these guys that get out there, you know, want selfies and stuff now because they just don't know who they are? Like, I'm not sure I, if I, if both Freeler walked down the street, if I would know him from recognizing if he had his jersey on, I'd recognize him, but not. It, it, who gets interviewed is who gets recognized, really. You know, who goes right. on TV. So, like, say, Rosenfels, you'd remember right. him. Right, sure. Yeah. You know, they all have helmets on. Same thing for 
you know, any quarterback, you're always going to know who they are just because they're recognizable. Defensive linemen, offensive linemen, no, you kind of blend in, you know, and you know that when you're down in those positions. And you're going to know the wide receivers, running backs. Now, Will, you know, he's not really active on social media. He's not really active in the media. He's a really simple person. He's a hard worker. You know his motor. He's watching right. him play. He runs at a million mile an hour. Um, but when you see him play, it's special. But you're right. He's not – there's a lot of players that are not recognizable. Right. You know, I even have to learn when I get to practice, like, okay, now who's that? You know, right. Who's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's who this is. So it's – I get it. You, you have a helmet on. But that's the coolest thing about football, you know, is – is when you go play and you have a helmet on, no one can see you. You're there as your guys. It's not about you oh, sure. standing yeah. out. And so that celebration usually has to do with the team versus like, hey, you hit a three and you're doing a dance. And, you know, right. it's just – which is cool. Yeah. I did it too when I could hit one. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just different about football. No, it's not an individual sport at all because of that, being anonymous on the football field. It's Probably why Emmett Smith started pulling his helmet off when, you know, when they changed the rule. that you couldn't. Emmett Smith used to score a touchdown and rip his helmet off. I'm yeah. sure that was – probably where it's coming from yeah you want fans to recognize it and you can sell that right, right. You can sell that image basically they want people to see this face and what he was well I, well I was just thinking back and we've been basketball fans forever and i i would recognize the guy that doesn't play mm-hmm. like um who's the kid from central decatur this year there's a walk-on that never played who uh the walk-on we had a basketball this year he was from central decatur uh, his name's but I would know it doesn't matter i can't remember his name off the top of my head right now but i would recognize him if i saw him walking into into Buffalo Wild Wings, but some of the offensive linemen who I follow the offensive linemen pretty close, I just don't know what they look like. It's just a football thing. No, but you know when you sit next to them on an airplane. Oh, I'm sure, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's when you pick up on those guys. Yeah. You don't see 300-pound, 20-year-olds running around. No. They're no. in great shape. So they're probably more recognizable for their size if people just don't know their names or who they are. So who's going to stand out? Who's been standing out on the offensive line? I mean, last year you talked about the Miller kid um, from Jefferson that um, – Sounds like his brother's going to go play college basketball or college football now too, and not in out of state. But uh, um, is there any other names or offensive linemen that stand out off the top of your head? Uh, Tyler Morrow is a, a backup that mm-hmm. I think we watched at practice. That I think is going to be really good to tackle. He's out of Davenport. He's they say he's two eighty six. He looks like he's two fifty, okay. meaning I think that he could weigh three twenty to three thirty someday. Uh, I don't know how tall he is. Probably six seven ish height, and really powerful. <laughs> Uh, so I think he's a name that you'll see get into that mix sometime this year, uh, relatively early. But the fr- I do like the front right now. I think it's a good front. Tyler Miller's good. He struggled at like the first one or two, three series out against Clemson, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. ridiculous speed on the field. And then he settled in and did. I thought he had a great game beyond mm-hmm. those first couple series. Uh, Daryl Simmons, mm-hmm. I think, is going to have a great year for us. He's getting older. And, and, and having a really good camp. I've been talking to coaches about him. They're really excited about what he can do. Uh, and then Downing, obviously, is really good at center. I think that solidifies us in the middle. And I don't know if he's the best, but he's probably my favorite when you look at how tough he is as Jared Hufford. You know, when you watch how he plays the game, he's kind of a uh, big ugly, you know, like where he, <laughs> he, he wants to – he's physical, he's a bulldozer, and he brings the attitude. In, in my eyes, I feel like he's the the switch that turns that offensive line on when he plays physical and he's the guy you can get behind. I when you look at the Kansas State game, for example, last year, a lot of those big runs were right behind him. Hmm. And uh, he was a, a really good football player for us last year. But I think he can be the person that mentally and physically turns it on for us. And so Jared Hufford's one that you just watch out for him, watch him play. He's fun to watch play the game. Was well, uh, like during the Brees Hall, like broke the record, right? And then the right after it is like when all the Campbell rumors was like started. So like you're probably more in, in that than 
us, obviously. So, like, was it noisy around that time, like, in the circles of Iowa State, or is it just, like, hush-hush, like, just focus on we just beat TCU? Like, you know, like, people – because, like, right – it did not take very long. After the no, game, right, it was, like, yeah. right away, obviously, like, everyone's, like, freaking out like we're losing. But it was, like, we just had a – Iowa State has a school – like, a record in NCAA history now, and, and everyone's freaking out, and – even my dad was like, got paranoid and texted you right away. And I was like, Dad, you should have done that. Like, that's stupid. Because, <laughs> like, we just want to know so fast because everyone needs to know. Be like, okay, I, I'm uneasy with this. I need to know right now. Like, are we okay? Because, like, how was it? Like, how, you could have information that a lot of people ask. Like, my dad, like, was he, is he leaving or is he staying? He, it's, it was very quiet in the, in the locker room, right, and around the team. I will say that the players say, yeah, like, look, the guy gets – USC, ten million dollars a year, and you're making four. Go home and tell your spouse you turned six right. million dollars a year. Away. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's. I, I don't think any player would under not understand. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Coach Campbell cool. He's never done this about about the money. This has mm-hmm. never been about the money for him. Uh, now it's. It, if I'm sure, I can't imagine. I've never been offered ten million a year to do a job. And like a private jet for your family for personal use. Like, exactly. It's basically offered Lincoln anything he wanted. It's, yeah. That's. But that's if you remember, that's when they were talking about Coach yeah, Campbell yeah. going out to USC. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of their donors saying we've got him and mm-hmm. he's coming, right? Like it's it, that was the rumor. And now whether that's real or that was like a little bait, and then we go over here and take right. Lincoln. But we don't. I don't know the backstory. Uh, Jamie Pollard, I think, has done a, an amazing job managing this, and and the reason why he'll give everything he possibly can inside of his system to keep him, and wants to keep him, and and, and respects him a great deal, but also understands. I can only do so much, you right. know, there's no, you can only go so far and he's going to give him everything he possibly can. But sometimes when, you know, someone from USC walks in with 10 million a year versus our four, we don't have that extra six, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's where it's going to play into the future with these TV deals is some of these schools are going to have, they're going to write any check that they want to basically for anyone they want to get. And that's going to come down to the coach or the person, you know, okay, do I like Ames? Can I stay in Ames? Or do I want to go be a coach for two to four years and probably get fired? Or have a really good chance of getting fired because mm-hmm. those don't turn out very well usually. Right. Like if you think about Texas, look at the, Texas is a great example. Yeah. Charlie Strong's a great coach. Where have we, he's gone. He's off the. He kind of disappeared. He's got money, but he's sure. Gone, right. You know, and so I, it's not going great there right now either. So I mean, I'm not saying Sarkeesian can't turn it, but at the same time, it's not looking like he's going to turn it. You know, other than he's got some high profile recruits mm-hmm. like they have the last five to ten <laughs> years. So. Again, you look at the the carousel that happens once coaches start bouncing. Rarely does it work like Nick Saban. You know, Dabo built that. You know, Dabo. Right. They were good with the Bowden, but they weren't what Dabo was able to right. do. And that and he was, by the way, was on the staff. You know what I mean? So he mm-hmm. just came up through the system, and that's how he built that program. Nebraska's kind of an example of that too. Oh, I mean, it's an amazing example. Yeah, yep. I mean, nineteen ninety five, they're world beaters, and then. Solich isn't good enough for him, and they send him to Ohio and comes in to Bo Pelini, and they fumble it 19 times against us, and we beat them 7-6 to six or whatever that, that one that one yeah. game was. But Absolutely. So it's a different world right now in the coaching world, but I think one thing I know about Coach Campbell, he's extremely intelligent and not emotional, mm-hmm. you know, where he doesn't make emotional decisions that way. Uh, and, and so I'm sure things have been thrown. I know things have been thrown at him. But again, I think it, it. Whenever you see it on the news, it's usually not true, you know. Right. Because yeah. Because like leaked. literally, it would, like they took the club of him crying, being emotional about senior day, and it's like, oh, is it about? Is he leaving? Like, is that why? Right. He's Everybody's like, right. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. 
And there's like, oh man, I was watching the game. We're <laughs> mad. We're like, Brees just broke the record. We're like, but yeah, we're happy. But like this other thing that we heard on social media, that's why I just social media is not the best thing in the world. You no, know? no. Well, for, Fred Hoiberg was right. Twitter will be the end of yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, he said that just, ten years ago. I mean, but yeah, it's just. The way the way the way the life is that I was an Iowa State fan. Just now, it's just instant. Like, oh, you're heartbroken, right there. Oh, it's the roller coaster. Yeah, like just, I've always said, the only one, gets, only one that gets hurt on a roller coaster is the one that jumps off. So, but now right. it's like Campbell Stan. We got JJ Cole. We got a like JJ Cole reminds me exactly of what Alan Lazard was doing, but just on a way different level. Because like Alan Lazard grew up an Iowa State fan. Like he was showing the pictures after he committed. Like, yeah, I'm an Iowa State fan, so I'm not going anywhere. And I'm also bringing a bunch of my friends with me and, like, going around and recruiting. Uh, James and Pat. That's why I, mean, yeah. I like, feel like that's what the, like, people are hyped about for, like, the future. But we're not even focusing on what players we have right now, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a good thing for our fan base. Because, like, last year was fun and all going into last year. But we, we kind of knew, like, we had a, the margin of error. I would say is still very thin. And we kind of learned that again. And uh, it's just I, th- I like being the underdog way better than being – on TV and ESPN, oh, like yeah. oh this Brees Hall and like even like Tariq Milton, like help he did a great player. He was a great player at Iowa State, now at Texas, but like he even got like a shout out on, and he didn't really do much. He's obviously like, I don't know if he was hurt or not. I'm saying because like Jalen Noel kind of took his spot, but he was talked about on College Game Day. And now we're like we're trying to get information out of Ryan Harklaw, even to get anything out of. And back then we just were hearing on ESPN. Now we got the come to sound sirens <laughs> and get the information, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't – we are – this place and what he's done there, Coach Campbell and staff, what they built, we're, this is not temporary. Like, we are going to be back on ESPN. We're going to be on game day. We're going to be ranked in the top 25. Like, I, I think this year. I really believe that. I think at some point this year we'll be ranked in the top 25. Um, Hopefully think, on September 11th. Yeah, and I can <laughs> say that because I'm not the coaching staff or player, but <laughs> – you know, I think that it's there. Like that, people have. We've had the best recruiting classes we've ever had at Iowa State, stack to stack to stack. So it's not like we're like, oh crap, we got to wait for that magical senior class to come through. Like mm-hmm. Walsh and Brock Purdy, you know, show glimpses of hope, and then that by the time they're senior, they have greatness. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't. We don't. That is not the same locker room that we're all used to. Growing, right. I mean, I grew up an Iowa State fan. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's not what it's like there right now. It's just not like that. Names. There's competition to who. Jarrell Barak, any other year, starter, named it. I don't know who's behind him, but Jarrell's a starter. Jarrell has three guys nipping at his heels right now to try to play and beat him out and could. <laughs> so that's what's changed. So, again, I think that it's not the old, like, oh, we'll see what we can do this year. Maybe in three years we can stack a run together. Is I think this year we can stack a run together. So who's the uh, – who's right. the uh, who do you think is going to be the name of the backup quarterback? If you had to pick today, or you don't have to, you no. don't have to answer if you don't yeah. want to. I no, mean. I, Cook and, and Rocco are both really good. I you think know. those are the two that it's between when I watch what's going on. I mean, I, I've never said, okay, here's a two, three. I don't, I don't know where they're even at the depth chart right now when you watch them. I, I think it's going to be, Rocco's going to be hard to beat out. Hmm. But <laughs> Cook is too. You know, so you watch both of them. I don't, they're really close right now. And so uh, it's, it's funny because, I loved his dad, Cook Marv Cook, when he played at Iowa as a tight end. That was a yep. guy I loved watching and growing up and, and, and paying attention to. But Rocco Brecht is just – he's Brock Purdy. It's just – it reminds me of Brock Purdy's a freshman. He's so accurate. He's really similar stature, plays really confidently, and he can fire – he's really consistent thrower. Hmm. So, again, he 
So seeing that, I, I don't know. I'm not going to call one, but I think that there's a really good competition going on right now between uh, Cook and that's good news. Rocco Brad. I mean, if you got if you got a competition for the backup quarterback, things are okay. It is. I mean, I mean they're both mm-hmm. good. They're, yeah. they're, they they can play. You yeah, know, Marv was play. pretty good back in the day for West Branch. But I want to be clear: we need Hunter Decker to stay healthy. Oh right, no, you're exactly. <laughs> We're not going to play this game where the you know like, like in Iowa City where the the favorite player on the team is the backup quarterback. No, it, which has happened many years down there. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so like I'm one one uh, position group that I've been interested in most is like obviously Charlie Kohler was and Ch- Chase Allen and were just staples for their entire career and. Now it's just like the biggest question mark is who's filling those. Like, who are some a couple of players that you've seen that are gonna? What's your expectations for that group? Is it? Do you have high expectations? Is it like, oh, just take they might those got kids might take time to develop because Charlie Kohler was like right away like you know right. as a freshman came in as a stud. So I, I that's a good question, and I, this is the position in the in the room. I don't know because it's just, it's the quietest. Um, Deshaun Hanek, I think, can be a really good receiver. I do think he'll be one down the field. Do I think he's a blocker? Eh, I don't know yet. You know, can you play that physical all the time? But I know he's he's a good threat. Uh, thank God for Jared Russ. Jared Russ is solid. He's all Big Twelve. He'll be all Big Twelve again this year. He's going to play more of the F, uh, the tight end that's an F, where they put him back in the, mm-hmm. in the full. It's more of a fullback than a tight end mm-hmm. position. Uh, but he'll he's lock rock solid there. Uh, uh, Dean is going to be someone that'll compete for a spot as well. Um, so again, I, I I don't have a lot of good feedback in the tight end room right now because I don't know. Tyler Moore, mm. I heard's having a really good camp, but I don't. Mm. Um, but I haven't. We'll need to see it on September third. I think mm-hmm. what you'll see September third, you'll see five tight ends play. Mm-hmm. And so because there's a fr- the freshmen have been playing pretty well too. I mean, very yeah. well, yep, yeah. Out of uh, Chanhassen, Minnesota, mm-hmm. like recruit we got out of there, it had three touchdowns and a scrimmage, like really mm-hmm. good, you know. <laughs> but again, he's trying to stand out in a room that's that's. I mean, wide open at this point. So, hmm. uh, so really good. So you think it's similar to like when uh, Brees' freshman year was like Jai Ling and uh, Brees and uh, there's some other ones. I yeah. forgot. Kenny was still there. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of them. But it was a by committee for like the whole season. Then eventually Brees like took it. So you, you think that's kind of what's similar with the Titans? I, this I, group's going to be like? I do. I really think yeah. that's what's going to be. I think you will see four to five guys play September 3rd, mm-hmm. maybe more. You know, I think as you whittle through the season, you might find your two to three. But right away, I think it'll be four to five, and then find your guys as you go through the season. It's hard to – you can say someone's playing great on camp, but when the light yeah. bulbs pop yeah. around and there's 60,000 fans, then we know yeah, who can play. It's different, yeah. It is different. And, like, mm-hmm. even, like, the recruiting stuff, like, you can't – you have to show up. Like, even, like – one of when I was little, like, I – was obviously wishing I was better, so I followed every recruiting. Like, hey, we're a little better here, but like, you have to, even like, uh, we, as, as Iowa State fans always pick on this guy. Obviously, he's probably not going to listen to this podcast. But <laughs> Bo Williams, <laughs> Bo Williams came yeah. came from Florida, and like, he was a big running back. He was like a four star recruiter. Like, all right, we we're good. Like, we're don't worry about. Yeah, like one good run. He had one good career. run against Texas yeah. A&M, and then he didn't even get touch the ball next. So like, mm-hmm. it's just nice to. Uh, have a coach that's showing us a track record. You have running backs. Think of even before Campbell got here, uh, Cream Hunt, Kenny Nwangu, Dave Montgomery, and Brees Hall. And now sounds like we got some dogs. So am I, am I hearing this right, that the Vikings are pronouncing Kenny's last name differently than we pronounced it for four years? How they pronounce? I don't know how they're. Pronounced. I thought that I heard somebody say that they're pronouncing it like, and I'm not. I'll butcher it if I do it, but it was not 
Nuwangu. Okay. I mean, it was something. To, so, and I'm wondering that we got it wrong for that many years, or mm. the Vikings are, getting, are still getting it wrong after two years. You're gonna take that old Paul Allen. Yeah. Said. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, what? You, this is your. You're heading into your second year in this role, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we lost you as our color commentator for our high school games. Right. Um, of course, we go to the semifinals. Sure, right. Sure yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. So then, but we also lost our other radio guy now this year too. So that's so that's kind of a that doesn't matter. But um, so, what's been the funnest part of this job? What's been the most challenging part of this job? Uh, the most fun is to be around it, not in it. You never you have to earn your right to be in it. And I, what I mean by that, you have to have blood, sweat, tears. You got to bleed. You got to that. That's in it. But to be close enough to it to watch it. And to see it and how things operate and and it's just like brings you back to like when you played and that that it just you're at this high level of an of adrenaline and being and seeing how things work and going in a locker room at halftime and listen to what's going on how you're going to come back out so being around the energy inside of the team has been the most rewarding thing and i've used a lot of campbell stuff at my job now like i mean watching team speeches how he approaches meetings how he talks to players what he's done after losses wins everything honestly he's an individual that if you just really pay attention to you can steal about 90 percent of it and go try to apply it uh the most difficult thing and challenging thing is you know seven wins you know on a on expectations that were extremely high and we weren't that far off if if I thought we were playing bad or we deserved to lose, I would have said, "Hey, we need to we need to shore this up." But honestly, we were right there every time right. at Baylor. I mean, I just remember that Baylor. That's a, that that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, that return kickoff for turn, for touchdown. Oh yeah, gosh! And then there was one punt that was a shank punt that they took back, and we our defense was playing lights out because Baylor the offense could just they were just going up and down the field the first half. This obviously. If Iowa State, hopefully Iowa State fans have a good memory of us as us about these games because I remember the first half was like we could not stop the nosebleed and then we finally locked up because Haycock and the and the adjustments he's always just spot on when it comes to the Big Twelve and we locked him up and we just had a little just like the little things sometimes we we just mess up on them and we just. Uh, that's what it came down to. We lost a couple of games like that, and we did. Gosh, and it's you got to go explain it to your fan base when they're driving away from the stadium, <laughs> right? You know, and I think that that's what you're trying to do is give them a picture of the truth. You know, at the same time, here's what happened. You know, but at the same time, there wasn't. I could never come back in there and say, "Wow, we got hammered today. We didn't. <laughs> you know, uh, we this guy, this position group of this." No, we lost on a 62-yard field goal. We lost because we missed a wide-open tight end in the back of the end zone against West Virginia. We lost to Oklahoma because we had a fumble strip recovery for a touchdown in the first half. We go in, By the way, we're going into score to finish the first half. So it was a probably a 10- to 14-point swing at that point in the game. So you look at all those games. Baylor, I mean, you fumbled a two-point conversion and something that he's going to probably pull that off is mm-hmm. right there as well. So there was... That was the hardest part, is trying to explain to our fan base what's going on when it was literally inches away from another probably 10-win season. Right. I mean, inches away from a 10-win mm-hmm. season. Now, you look at the over-under out there, it's six and a half. Like, they're crazy, you know? Yeah, that's what DraftKings – I checked it today. Somebody said it. I, yeah, DraftKings is six and a half is the over-under on wins. There's no way. I mean, I'm not giving gambling advice, but I'm just saying that <laughs> – this is too talented of a team. This, t- this team is too talented for that. Yeah, it just is. There's there's too much talent in that room for for a six and a half. 
spot. So when you say you have to explain to the fan base, you're talking about on the radio, you don't have morons like me texting you saying what the hell happened or <laughs> you know, or saying, you know, why didn't we do this or why didn't we do this? Are you dealing with that or are you just you're just talking about explaining stuff on the radio? To the radio. I want the fan when you go home and you, anytime you have a failure, you want to know what happened. Like yeah. what happened? How did that just happen? And when you're walking up to the press box, <clears throat> excuse me, after the game, you're trying to put that together, and you're like, okay, how do I explain what just happened and how close that really was? Because a common fan, you know, like 80% of the fan base, if you didn't play it or weren't around it, and you're like, we just, how do we keep losing by three? You know, <laughs> it, it's, you know, that might be four plays in an 80-play game mm. that it came down to, and here's, here's where we missed on. So it's no, it's not people asking me on the side or, you know, having hey, what happened there. Uh, it's more about giving our fan base, keeping them excited uh, when appropriate, you know, and, and showing them that, like, we're there. You know, we are that close. If we weren't, there's no way we're going down uh, to Orlando at the end of the year to play Clemson on, right. on seven wins. Mm -hmm. You know, the professionals knew that. You look at ESPN, they always had us ranked way higher than what our record was. They understood, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that when you look at this team, they were plays away from a 10-win season, not – quarters or not like oh if we were to play the second half it's like literally they were plays away from 10 wins last year and yeah there was i mean i remember the day when we were we'd win the first half almost all the time and they get blown out yeah i mean that was just the way it went but then that was obviously a depth issue and everything else that goes along with it but right yeah i mean it's they, we've really enjoyed listening to you i mean it's always fun to have somebody you know that's doing it i mean you're the two of the last three that i've known personally and um but i just you know, I don't. I really haven't got a chance to talk to you except maybe at a basketball game. About the, you know, you got to travel a lot more. You're probably gone from your family quite a bit more, and I'm assuming you're not. You haven't bought an. You haven't bought a house in the Caymans and what you're making on this either. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's purely from your passion of Iowa State football. I mean, and everybody appreciates it because I think. Every once in a while, I'll catch you kind of speaking over everybody's head about you know like schemes or whatever, and and then you do a really good job of dumbing it down for people like me to to try to understand what the heck's going on. So it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun, and that's that coaching staff treats me extremely well, and they treat everyone around them well. They want all the past players to come back and be around. If you are a past player and you want to go to practice, you that door is open anytime you want it to be. And that's the cool thing that he's done there is it just opened up not just to myself but all the past players. And, and it's just it's an environment that's amazing. It's built on integrity, but they always talk about culture, but their integrity is strong, which makes their culture great. And I think that that's why players want to go play for him is they understand what he's telling them is exactly what's going to happen when they show up day one on campus. So it's a great place to be right now. I mean, I, Matt Campbell, I've never met the man. I mean, I saw him standing on our sidelines again when we played at Gilbert last year, and that's probably about as close as I've ever come proximity from him. But just listening to him being interviewed in the summer when he's gotten Chris Williams, you know, interviews him every once in a while, and, and he's talking about books that he read. And I, I've actually followed, tried to keep track of some of the books he mentions every once in a while. Like, and one of them that I read this summer um, was by Jocko, the Navy SEAL, called Extreme Ownership. And it's really similar to what seems like what Campbell's preaching to these kids. I mean, you know, if you can own your mistakes, it just gives you a lot more integrity. It does. He's given me books to read. I'll drop one. I've dropped one in his office. And he's told me, hey, you got to check this one out. And he's, he's, a, he's a constant student in trying to get better. Uh, and he reads a lot more than I do. I try to keep up, but I don't, he doesn't ever rest. That's what <laughs> I've learned that he never shuts it down. And that's now he's very, not at the high level. You can't be around him. He's a really common person. Like he's really easy to be and hang around with, but he never stops. Like it's, he's always going towards what he, he, 
what he wants to get done. And that's, he's just really focused and a disciplined human. So hmm. again, he makes me better just being around the program. The stillness is the key is the one that is a small book. And I've actually heard the, the guy that wrote it, and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. He was just on Rogan like two weeks ago. Um, but stillness is the key was a book that wasn't very, it wasn't a long read. It wasn't flashy, but it means, but it really made you think it was almost like some of the philosophical books from the, the Greek philosophers. When you read it, just thinking about, you know, you have to appreciate when things are quiet mm-hmm. and not have to, you know, cause I think we're in a really noisy world right now. And, you know, one of my favorite times of the day is when I get up before anybody else does and there's no TV on or just chasing the dog around maybe. And I, this all comes from him, him talking about that book on a podcast somewhere. So it is greatest time of the day. That's why it's a race to get up before the the, the kids in the house do. Cause right. you get your time. You right. know, it's an amazing time. Yeah. So uh, as a fan of Iowa state that my common theme of like Campbell area, like is like, obviously there's, there's complaint about a lot of things. And as a, uh, Iowa State fan, but we can find things to complain about like I do. But so special teams has always been just really in, on my nerves. Is that going to improve this year? You think? Do you see that not being as an issue as like obviously there? It's it's there was an issue sometimes like during the twenty twenty year because we didn't punt very much because mm-hmm. we scored almost every time you know. Yep. But like, do you think this new five star punter kid is going to make it? So we don't even have to think about it anymore. So if you, if you know something about Coach Campbell, he doesn't love to walk a freshman on the field ever, ever, never. I mean, it's not his what he wants to do. He doesn't want to put him in a situation they're not prepared for, ready for. You can go to practice all you want, but like I said earlier, when those lights pop on, it's a different game. And so, you know, I, I don't know what you're going to see for punter who's going to be starting punter. I know there's a wide open uh, there for kicker right mm-hmm. now for field goals. Like there is a, for a place kicker. We don't have – I don't think they've locked that that down yet, and that's okay. That's open competition. So, I can tell you this: they work on it all the time through camp. You know, when I when we were at camp, the last practice I went to, they spent a half hour just on special teams. They're only out there for ninety minutes, so a third of the practice was on 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 special mm-hmm. teams, kickoff, kick return, and so they. It's not like they don't work on it. They've had some misfortunes in that game. Uh, the good news is this. I think Jalen Knoll changes special teams for us this year. I think you'll see him bring a couple back, whether mm-hmm. it's a punt return or possibly a kickoff return. And so we have the speed guy now that can can put it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and last year, Baylor did kill us, but that kid was all Big 12 and mm-hmm. he was an All-American kick returner. And that's mm-hmm. we have that guy now. But, yes, it's it has cost us – well, it costs the Iowa game. You know, their punter, for example, yeah, okay, was, was all-world that day. Yeah. He flipped the field. We beat them in yardage by far. Right. But th- then we start forcing some things because of bad field position, and the turnovers happen, and then we got beat by Iowa uh, because of special teams. So yeah. I guess to answer your question is they focus on it. We need to start winning that battle every time. But we we won in a lot of games last year because of Mevis. Mevis, yeah. Mevis was oh, great right. for us yeah. last year. Well, it's not special teams. It wasn't Mevis because Mevis was one of the best kickers I've ever seen at Iowa State. He was one. What, I mean, did he miss one or two? Was yeah. it? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember which one he missed, but he probably missed one, maybe two. But at the same time, he was money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he had a strong leg. So. Yeah. Now that's wide open, including the Gator. I think he's the Gatorator. He's a player of the year in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which is an athlete of the year in Oklahoma. But he's coming in as a place kicker and a punter. And he's a freak <laughs> athlete, great softball player, or baseball player, excuse me, and a great uh, um, 
basketball player as well. So wow. really good at when you look at him, he doesn't look mm -hmm. like he should be your place kicker. The funny thing about Mevis was he was the the funny. Remember the Oklahoma the Big Twelve Championship game where we just the kickoffs were just atrocious. Remember that? Yeah. And then literally days later, we got Mevis. <laughs> it was just like oh. I think Campbell made a couple phone calls and got that one done. Well, I mean, we just, that was not an issue at all right, last year. Right. Well, now that JJ Cole's coming to Iowa State, Jamie Cole, who runs yeah. Cole Kicking, yeah. right? Come on, Jamie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we were Jamie. saying. Yeah. Because he was Derek Clark's roommate or something, wasn't he? Yeah. When he was there, I yeah. mean, we we're saying, how we could, how could we have this strong of a connection with Jamie Cole and we are struggling getting a kicker? I so, mean, so Jamie's a friend, obviously, <laughs> and he I give him crap about this all the yeah. time and. He, he, I mean, JJ's been around our tailgate for 20 years, right? <laughs> 18 years. So it's funny to watch what he's become. But yeah. trust me, now that JJ's coming to town and, and going to play, we, we need to be all over Jamie. You go find us oh, the best right. punter and kicker you got out there. So, so JJ, we could have like a, have in a really deep, uh, deep shotgun and do a quick kick or something with him sometimes. I'm assuming he knows how to kick. Uh, well, you know what? I don't think so. Really? No, I don't. That's not his game. So. Yeah, no, I knew he's, he's blowing up this. Like there were even when they used to have like kick like the one uh it was like either like you were gonna go for it and like the the quarterback knows how to punt really well you know yeah like, right yeah, that's can, what I'm talking about yeah it's yeah. quick kicks I'm yeah. sure yeah. he can knock a few of those down yeah but that's yeah we don't want to be using them for that. no gosh no yeah because yeah. yeah well it was really it was nice having you on again yeah it was awesome it's nice having a guy that's a stud in Iowa State radio and sport the land that right in right in town Humboldt and it's just nice to. I don't know, related to each other, for God's sakes. Yeah. We all are up there, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. so I call it the Humboldt County <laughs> Stick, family yeah. stick. Yeah. I mean, everybody's related right. to everybody. And somehow. Somehow, yeah. 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 So it's been fun. I mean, I know you're, you're, the crazy time is coming up for you, John and Eric, and um, don't want to try to bug you during that time. But, uh, um, you know, life has kind of gotten in Thomas and I's way. We don't do this as often as we used yeah, to. Well, but uh, and we're trying to, trying to get back in a little bit, and we're excited about that. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel – just as an Iowa State fan, it's much more to be much more fun to be the hunter than hunted, and I think we kind of got nipped by that a little bit last year. And I wouldn't surprise me a bit if we just blow that six and a half over under thing wins out of the water and sneak in nine or whatever. But yeah, yeah. well, good, good good spot of that is Gundy just named Iowa State game their blackout game of the year. Like that's their focus for the year. Oh really? really? That's not a secret. He knows who has. He knows I'm going what the look like. Yeah, what well, yeah. you're gonna love. I have a lot of friends actually going down. So, yeah. but we're we're making it a, a bunch of buddy of mine. We try to go to one game a year. I had to go to a wedding last year. I couldn't go last year, but uh, he just texted me the parking pass we've got in Stillwater. It's gonna be game, a great so. football game down there. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a really good football game down there, like it was last year. Yeah, yeah that was an amazing football game last year. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks, Ryan. All right. Really All right. appreciate thanks. it. Yep, thank okay. you. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.